but the game was different, right? The the, the rules was different. The ball. Oh, was the Euro, different. The, Euro, the Euro style is different in America. The Euro style was a lot different in America. <laughs> That's the Especially, first time y'all seen that Euro step too, huh? Absolutely. I um welcome to another episode of the Euro Stepping. Um, we have a very uh, near and dear young man to me, uh, Mr. Io Nui. Io, please just introduce yourself. Um, let us know where you're from, uh, school, graduation year, and um, yeah. In terms of what, like Nigeria or Manchester and everything, man. Give us the lowdown. Give us the lowdown. Well, I'm Nigerian at heart. And um, yeah, so from Manchester, I actually started out at Manchester Magics when I was 13. So I started kind of late and stuff like that. And then um, just really took it from there, to be honest. First year, not so good, but it's okay. Uh, started getting a little bit better, you know, Northwest teams, national teams, championship winning teams and stuff like that. So it's, it's been a bit, and then obviously ended up at my school with you for well a year very upsetting we'll move on anyway but yeah I was there for two years graduated I think it was 20 <laughs> I think it was 2017 yeah and then ended up in the States so first school was Casper College in Wyoming and then I ended up moving to a school in uh, California for the um, second year and then that's when I decided um, I won't say call it quits but you know I was alright with it and then came back here and now I'm about to finish my degree to be fair Nice. Okay. Um, so it's interesting you say 13 was kind of late. Um, I think that's kind of a, a time where I guess mid, mid, like, yeah, I think stateside is late. I think UK wise, everyone jumps in about 12, 13. Yeah, it's running um, yeah. yeah, the majority. So yeah, so it wasn't too far behind. Um, when you started out, you know, thinking back to a 13 year old, um, 13, 14, 15, what was your basketball dreams? What was your aspirations for basketball? Honestly, when I first started out, didn't really have any, which I could, you could tell because then I wasn't really improving at the rate as everybody else because I already felt like I was behind. But then, because I already have a competitive nature from playing football when I was younger, doing athletics losing just wasn't my thing so I think after about a year I kind of just got fed up per se so within like a couple months I, I was like what the hell is this and so started working out with um Dante okay I was, it was, I was about to quit actually I was like just what, can't, what the hell is this and he was like bro if you just do a couple things like we'll be good and so I worked out with him extra and that's that's someone I love forever. People always ask me why, and I was like, that's that's someone that's you know very important to me. So okay. you may not know why, but you have your reasons. I have mine. Like that's someone I'll always stick with for, for no matter what. So that's why I, that's probably why I'm here because I stayed playing the sport because like he worked out with me. He did the extra time. He put that working with me when coaches didn't really see a point in bothering with me. And then oh. only after that did coaches start to see like um, Pete. Was the first person I was like, he uh -huh. know us. Pete Paraskeva. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. My favorite coach of all time as well. I mean, mm -hmm. you're right there. You're right there. <laughs> but yeah, like he saw me working out with Dante. He seen like, okay, this kid's starting to work and 
he started to take me on as well and just started teaching me all sorts of stuff. And it really helped me make the Northwest team literally within my first year of basketball when I didn't think I could even play for the club level. Mm-hmm. Ended up winning a title that year with under-14s. Contributed a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wanted, but, you know, steady progress, really. But yeah. And it actually started making me fall in love with the sport because i seen how hard it was and how much you needed to put in. And, like, mm-hmm. every day is a challenge. You can't... You miss a couple of days and... Regression. Yeah, yeah, It's not as easy as playing football or sprinting because, like, you just do... You, you walk and just do that. You can't just walk and play basketball unless you're blessed by many gods. <laughs> so many. So, many, many. Like, the sport is just, like, it's a lot. Like, And that's why I just, I liked that part of it when I just started getting good. Mm-hmm. And I won more and more. And then you started to see, like, what everybody else is like. Because I thought, oh, yeah, I was getting better. And then I go to the um, final fours in my first year. I'm like, oh, my Lord. And this is still with Manchester, right? Yeah, like, I'm starting to see players like um, I think it was Nottingham. I was seeing like Luke Mitchell and stuff like that. Like this guy was just, just solid. Mm. And I'm thinking, like, the hell? I didn't think, oh yeah, the teams are that good, but like they are good. Like guys try hard. There's they have little things that they do that just adds up. And then I think Luke Mitchell was one of the first players I seen that I was like, I thought basketball players are like tall and you know. I always had that no, how do you say this? Stereotype for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned better because I had I had Rico on my team. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember Rico. Probably that that guy. I I I don't even know how to describe it. Like just the way he plays, ridiculous, just ridiculous. Like guys like that that were not as tall as everybody else, but they had a presence. Mm. And I started to see what really actually might compared to when you just start out. So yeah. That's funny. Um, who was my guy? My guy. Um, I feel so terrible now. Uh, might have to edit this bit, but um, <laughs> Kyle, oh, Kyle Ellie, there you go. Oh, Kyle, yeah. Kyle Ellie was my guy. Um, I remember when um, I literally just moved up to, to Preston uh, in with Neil and um, he was doing the Northwest U17s and Kyle Ellie just had like the stone cold, don't talk to me, don't bother me face, like killer. Like, you know what I mean? He looked like one of them guys that had like four jobs, (laughs) seven kids. And it just, he looked like he had a rough life. And when you saw him play, it was just like, yeah, he was, he was real. Hybrid. Yeah, oh man, I love Carl, man. Anytime, anytime I saw him play or knew he was playing, I had to try and watch him. Um, and he didn't care if he was seven feet, five feet, no feet, too many oh, feet. Yeah, he he went off oh, the neck. So yeah, 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 there was something special with you guys down there. Um, okay, so, so how how and why did you choose Casper? Uh, so um, my recruitment process wasn't as cute as everybody else's. To be fair, <laughs> I'll be honest. Wasn't cute, no? <laughs> like, I had, um, <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't cute. Like, I, that's okay, that's okay to say. Okay, go on, I'm listening, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I had, um, NAIAs. Uh-huh. And then, um, 
Then Cass was like the, I think, I think it was the first uh, junior college. Yeah, it was the first junior college. And like the place was just beautiful. Honestly, like when you look at the campus, when you look at the facilities they had, like it was a very good place. And I was like, all right, this is, this is really good. And then um, we're speaking to the coach. I've got his name. It might come to me. It might come okay, to me. Okay. But yeah, like um, first spoke to the assistant coach. I think it was Hurley. Forgot the other rest. And then, um, and then so I spoke to that. It wasn't Dan Russell. Yes. There you go. Yes. Got Dan you. Russell. All right. Cool. Yeah, that literally skipped my mind. But um, yeah. So spoke to the assistant coach first for like maybe a few days. He was showing me the place and then um, kind of telling me what the place is about, stuff like that. And then spoke to the head coach, and he was obviously had other kinds of questions so more like about what I was like as a person like what my life was going on in my life and stuff like that so you want to get to me you know on that level and so I was like all right cool like you know I spoke to these guys I felt comfortable enough where I was like if I go out here I can I can do what I'm doing and I felt like all right comfortable in that so then he asked me would would I be willing to you know commit to the school and I said from what I've seen like and what I've spoken to you guys about, I'm like, yeah, I can see myself doing that, but I'll still, I'd say 75%. And so maybe like a couple of days after that, I ended up saying yes. And then I was still 75% about my decision. But then um, that's when he asked me about Zion. Okay. So I said, I mean, Zion's heavily recruited, so I don't know what I'm not, but I'll <laughs> Because then that would have taken my decision from 75% to 100. Okay. Because, like, me and Zion, like, to this day, like, we're close. So, okay. for me, that was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So, I spoke to him about it. And obviously, he had um, D1s, D2s. And so, his decision was a bit different to mine. Like, he's got to think about it. I'm like, I'm like, I got to take this opportunity. Mm. So, yeah, like, we spoke about it, thought about it for a while. And then, um, obviously, he had the knee injury at the time. So he was thinking, all right, you know what? Let me try to get myself back into proper game playing shape. And then he would go on to the D1. So then he ended up coming into class with me and I've never been so happy. Okay. I was like, yeah, all right, cool. Like, I'm going out there with my bro. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, not everyone gets to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times be on your own. Like our flights together, our rooms literally around the corner from each other. Like everything we did together, like that was literally how our first shape was like just moving from my school to a different place for us to like, oh yeah, I still see you. Like, so it was, it was a very good, comfortable thing because the start of my time at Casper was pretty rough to be fair. Okay. Yeah, because so I had an ankle injury, mm-hmm. which almost turned into like an Achilles situation. So I was literally on one leg for the whole year. Yeah. So I was meant to have, um, like a surgery actually, but I turned it down. So there was meant to actually even put an injection in my ankle as well. I turned that down. I had a situation with my kidney at the start of the um, year. Wow. Yeah, like it set me back like a couple of weeks. And when you start that far back and there, it's hard to like catch up. So I was always on the back foot throughout. And so like start that time, play time was hard to come by, but I practiced hard as much as I could. Well, as well as I could, obviously with the limp, like one leg basically, but you know, the gangster leaning in practice, yeah. Man, I didn't. <laughs> I, 
I was in so much pain every day, but I was just trying to keep it to myself. Just keep so it you, So you were still playing on the ankle, the the, uh, the ankle injury? Yeah, yeah, like I had to use braces, fam. I'd never really used braces. Okay. But I think they're ugly and they're chunky and like they don't make my shoes feel good. I hate them, dude. like ridiculous, man. But mm. had to had to soldier through the year with it, and like even though if you ask them, the coaches now like they're like, yeah, like he just kept it going throughout the year. Like that's it. That was that oh. was the first year for me. So I wasn't healthy, but I love my teammates. Like every single one of them. If I see them right now, I'd have a half an hour to an hour conversation with them straight up. And I thought, you know, these these are guys worth playing with and for. Even if I felt like, okay, I may have lost favour with the coaches, obviously, because I'm injured, so I'm not 100%, so they can't exactly put their all into me. Yeah, and yeah, at yeah. the time, I took it personal, so I wasn't really a big fan of the head coach and the assistant coach at the time, because I was like, you can see how hard I'm doing stuff and whatnot, but now, in hindsight, like, I get it. Like, it makes sense. So at the time, I wasn't with the coaches, but I didn't give up because my teammates. Yeah, like, they you. like, oh, yeah. Like, this guy's in pain, but he's still going on. Like, he does his thing. And personally, I've gone along with him. Like, that was one of my favorite teams to be part of. Mm. Like, honestly. And so, yeah, like, I met, like, a lot of important people that I still speak to to this day. But, yeah, like, I soldiered through. And then coming towards the end of the year, I started feeling a little bit more, like, better, like, healthier because of all the rehab and stuff I was doing. But it took a while. And I could kind of tell that in a way that it was giving me game time, actually. Okay. So that's why I was to have quite a couple good, consistent games towards the end of the year before we had to go to the tournament and stuff like that. So it was the virtue was tough there, but it was needed because then it helped me out with the next decision I made, where I was like, "Okay, I'll, I I want to go." And what school did you go to? Uh, you said that was in California. What school? Yeah, was that? Pasadena City College. Okay. So basically, um, so one of the teammates that I was with on Casper, his uncle actually coached the team. He was an assistant coach on the team. And so he sent him my he sent him my tape and stuff like that. And he was like, oh yeah, like I like this kid. I can I wanna bring him over and stuff like that. And so I've had the experience where coaches haven't been what they seen the first time I spoke to them. So I was skeptical already about this one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he's coach Idris, so he's actually a wonderful guy. Still speaks to him to this day. Like We'll call and we'll talk and stuff. But um, he actually called me. So he got my details and then he called me, which I was like, oh, right, fair enough. And then I, I'll be on FaceTime with this guy for like a while. And he would just tell me about himself and like he was a Christian and everything like that. And what his um, philosophies were, like how he wanted to live his life and what he thought he wanted to do, like what he was meant for and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he felt like he was just completely different. And I just felt at ease because this time I was going this place by myself. So it's, con- mm. it's different to Casper. I ain't got my um, my little safety net in Zion. If I were to mm. do that, like, I got to figure this stuff out by myself. So mm. the time I spent there was actually what made me decide that I don't need basketball anymore. It wasn't like I wasn't enjoying myself or playing, but like he got me a job out there. So mm-hmm. out in uh, an insurance company. Okay. And that opened my eyes to like a lot of stuff. Okay. Just the world of business and I loved it. Okay, all right. Well, before you go any further, okay, let's let's finish off this little bit. I like it. Yeah. Um for both places, um, yeah. for Casper and Pasadena, 
Um, what type of scholarships did you get? So for Casper, I was full for the full, like two years. Okay. And I was geared up to go Pasadena. Uh, and that one, that was like a part one. So it wasn't actually full. Okay, okay. So some stuff I did have to like cover, but because of this guy, like, he helped me out, man. Did your grades play a factor in you getting full scholarships? So for Pasadena and, well, Pasadena was a partial um, and Casper was a full, but, you know, did your grades, did they look at your grades and then they were like, okay, yeah, we can mess with you because you've got- Yeah, my grades, my grades are good. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'll try to hard when it comes to education. I really have an interest like that. <laughs> I don't, yeah, but- to a point where like, I say like I'm like a B student and that's why I like to keep it. I want to be like the A's because that don't really help me out with anything if I'm being honest with you, so yeah. Okay, so you just keep, you just keep it a B just because? Because if you, if, let's be honest now, like, basketball is a lot. You got to work out a lot. You got to, like, you got to plan your time really well. So let's be honest, like education isn't really the first thing on your mind, but you have to be at a certain level for them to actually be allowed to let you play. Yes. So I'm like, all right. Not let me make it good enough, but like just less than great, just a bit less than great. And then I'll feel comfortable. They'll feel comfortable. Like they don't have to worry about me having to drop a class or anything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I never had that issue. Okay. I like it. I like it. Cool. Um, like a, you gotta get at least like a two five. So it's like a yeah. like that. So oh, no, you can't do that. <laughs> um, what questions, um, did you ask when you was being recruited or should you have, you know, reflecting back on it now, what do you think you should have asked the coaches? I mean, what what do you think um, if you had the answers to would have made the most difference? So probably the first one for Casper would have been the area, stuff like that. What's the area like? Okay. Because I went there having no clue. Because it's high, Breathing is tough. You mean the altitudes? Yeah. Okay. Because like, it's like around Denver, so it's, it's quite hilly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, like, same, you get same. You gotta go. I'm, I'm in New Mexico, which is, you know, um, more or less the same as Denver and, and, and Casper's a little bit lower, but yeah. Oh, that shit hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> I had my first run. Oh my god! I said I can't be this out of shape. I was like, that shit was ridiculous. Woo! <laughs> it's to get everybody as well. Like we had this thing where um, sometimes if you was almost late for practice, you had no other option but to run up this hill to get to practice. Okay, okay. right next to our accommodation. And it's right there, but people don't like taking it because it's steep and you will be like out of breath. But if you were anything more than like, you feel like, oh, I might miss this by like a minute or two. You had to run up that hill to make it. And happened a couple of times. And, you know, didn't start practice, practice off on a good foot because I just lost quite a lot of oxygen. So there's all of those. Like, that was something I probably should have asked about. So I would have been a bit more prepared for it. Okay. Um, another one would be, um, I say, community. So, not a lot of black people in Casper. Okay, okay. Hey, it's good. Say, 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 it is what it is, man. Like, not a lot of black people in Casper. And okay. I think, like, 
kind of seeing your own type of people is quite important in terms of how you move forward. Which is why when I the players like me and the players got along well. Okay. But then everything else was just like it's not the same. Okay. Yeah, I mean, from when you go out or whatnot, like, yeah, you might get some mixed friends, things like that. Yeah, like, coaching stuff. Hilarious. I mean, <laughs> at the time, it wasn't, to me, at the time, I didn't see how important it was. I actually didn't. But now I'm like, when I went to, ended up going to Pasadena, that was all black coaching stuff. And they can understand things that just the people at Catholic just couldn't. Mm. So it's different. So, like, mm. That's when I noticed it. Like it's very important. And it's for when you're getting a kid at like 18, 19, they've still got a lot of progressing to do. And that's a lot of that's gonna be mental. And someone's being similar to them, understanding the background because they've had a similar background and they've dealt with a similar type of people, it's way more better for the development than if you was to have unless there is culture, then like no just the all white stuff ain't gonna help you like that like and it's just true if you have some like obviously black stuff and like you'll be all right but mm. like i learned that like my development would took a different hit when i went to pasadena compared to when i was at aspen i appreciate that so i can tell so i feel like stuff like that is very important especially for young ones because when they see similar people get out of situations that they felt like they couldn't get out of then it just makes something different click. That's um that's that's pretty big. That's that's a um that's a point that I don't think many as you said, young men, young women, whoever don't realise that um having a diverse um crowd or a diverse population, like diverse coaching staff, you know, having somebody that represents you that looks like you and kind of communicating to you um is a big deal you know what i mean it's a really big deal for for you to feel like you're understood and i think that's what the the long and short of it is is that you know going somewhere that you can communicate to your coach and he listen to you and understands what you're coming from or vice versa of him talking to you and understanding where he may have you know, that might be your pathway. Do you know what I mean, as, as a young black male, you mm. know, I hope to be a, a black professional someday. Hey, maybe I should listen to this guy's advice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's a very, 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 very um, huge point there. And um, I like the fact that you brought it up. Appreciate that. Yeah, like, to be honest though, it's like, it's not exactly the be all end all because a lot of black players still do well, even when they have like all white culture and stuff, but it varies because Say if you start struggling with stuff and then mentally like you ain't you're not gonna be all there. But then mm. who are you gonna talk to really about that stuff because who's really understand that is dependent. But as time has gone on from when I was in when I was playing to now, like the world's changed. And now you mm. you've got to put a little bit more focus because they see how like how what black people deal with. And so some having somewhere like you have a safety net mentally where you can speak to someone that's like you, well it's important now than it was, it's way more important now than it was before. Like for me, I wouldn't have cared about this stuff like in 2017, like, oh, oh my coaching starts white, let's get on with life, let's go. Mm. But then as you learn more, then things start to click. So then you start realizing, okay, well, 
in hindsight, this was like pretty important. Like, I will never say like, oh, all white coaching staff bad, whatever. Like, they are still good people. Like, I'll be honest, they are still good people. It's just that they won't always see where you're coming from 100%, maybe 90, because they've come from different backgrounds. That's fair enough. And it's more so, that's why diversity is important because you start to understand different things about people. Like, you might get a spoiled kid. You might get a um, guy from ends or slums, whatever you want to call it. Like, you might get one of them. You put them together, you, trust me, they're going to see, they're not going to see eye to eye. And until you explain why they're not going to see eye to eye, then how the hell are they going to lie? How are you going to move forward? How are you going to know? Because they've had life where spoon fed. This one's had life where probably just lucky to be there. And they're going to see things differently. So unless people start connecting in terms of that way, then it's just not going to, it's not really going to help really. Mm, I like that, man. That's, that's, hey, I don't think, I think we've touched on it before. Um, but to that, that level, I think, yeah, I think that was really good. Um, again, as I said, I appreciate it. Um, so moving on now, talking about the turning point um, yeah. of, of your basketball career, if you will. Um, yeah, yeah, what, 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 what happened? Why, why was your college career incomplete? Okay, so... Basically, going to Pasadena, um, I'll be honest, my confidence took a hit. Because at first I said, I went to that place because I was like, I believe I can become a Division One player. Like, I have it in me to become a Division One player. And after that first year, I didn't really think so. But then, obviously, context. So, going to Pasadena, um, this coach literally just threw me. Like, coach just literally just threw me in to the deep end basically like got me a trainer started learning how to actually play like a guard which I should be playing like not what these lot have been having me doing mm-hmm. and so I had a coach um, yeah, it was Jeremy Major so he played for played up at Newcastle actually oh okay. oh yeah he knows James Banton James Banton came out to Pasadena we was hanging okay yeah so okay. like he's, he knows him so i was working with jeremy major and i'll tell you right now my game took a turn like i was actually able to do stuff i was supposed to be doing like my body could move freely um i had another trainer where it was getting all my body right like injuries wasn't a thing for me like my body was strong it was tough i'd lost um quite a bit of muscle because mm. that was what was actually keeping me from being agile and actually like moving like the guard I was supposed to move like and then I was getting taught all these soul movements and stuff like that where I didn't have to go 100% all the time you just gotta use your head and mm-hmm. all of this stuff it was the first time I'd actually learned any of this stuff and so when I started playing I felt more free okay and you could kind of tell it when it started because I got put into like um leagues so they have in california they got these um leagues where either semi-pros ex-pros or stuff like that would come and play so you're playing against all older men not one of these was under under the age of 25. yeah like at one i seen um was it robert horry he was out there like in pasadena like the first one i went to like he was like it's ridiculous like i seen run our test out um the pro-ams when I yeah, went yeah. on the weekends, I got put, I got thrown into that, and I just seen dogs, bro. Like I thought I was strong. These guys, <laughs> just, 
threw me like I was a child, which pretty much was. But... You was a child at that point. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, up against Ron Artest and Robert Ory. Like, Jesus. Like, that's what he just threw me into that. And so I had to just keep on like learning like on the fly, which I'd never really been put into. And so I was just picking up stuff like as a guard and stuff like that. And so that's when my confidence started to come back up. And then um in actually it's so funny because it's more about who you know and who you meet. Mm-hmm. So in one of these leagues, yeah, um, I played against, I, I had no idea. I was playing against this team. I hit about, I think it was eight or nine threes in the game. And obviously, don't act like that's weird. Don't act like that's weird. Don't look at me like that. I'll have you know. I'll have you know, because my memory's ah, Oh my God. I, I, kept us in a, I kept us in a quarter or semi-final because I hit like seven or eight threes. <laughs> and I think it was against Barking. And I kept hey, in that game. Hey, hey, in that no shade, no shade, man. No, hey, I, I don't know. Face, I seen the face, man. I picked, I, I picked that up. Like it's, it's, I could shoot, man. What's wrong with you? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Have you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't like that, man. That was condescending, man. Oh my god, you are, you're, you're enjoying this one. My god. Yo, no, yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, no, no. <laughs> that, was, that was no shade. That was no shade. None whatsoever. None. First year in my school again, mate. <laughs> that was no shade whatsoever, man. I was like, okay. I was like, you yeah. said you rattled off eight or nine, you know, you said you was playing at a higher plane, so. You know, yeah. the fact that you rattled off eight or I nine. Progressed. Okay, I got you. I'm following. I'm fo- I'm with you. I'm not against you. You're so, so surprised. Like, that. Like, that? Hey, no, we went from playing against Ron Artest or Robert Ori to, yo, I hit eight or nine like, threes. Playing against his children and stuff like that. Yeah, like they're, they're in the games. Like it's crazy. So there you go. Right. So I was doing that. And then in a game, and actually one of these um, during the, it was like during the week. Mm-hmm. And playing, and then obviously, you know me defensively, like I'm uh, defensively. That's what yeah, keeps me on the court, really, to start yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. And so, obviously, that's that that part solid. And so, I was playing like that, blocks, all that stuff, alley oops, because I had a point guard um, that I lived with. Me and him always worked out together, so our connection was like that. Yeah, me and him yeah, were these things together because he just came over as well. And then, because we lived together, and then we spoke a lot. But like, the point guard is so important, man. And because I got along so well with him. It allowed me to do everything else because this guy is actually looking for me. Like he was good. It kind of reminded me of playing with Rico. Okay. So this guy would look for me, like try to put me in the best positions. He'd get onto me if I didn't jump high enough. Like these guys, their expectations are completely different. And that kind of helped me too. And so I was catching lobs in this game. I was doing all that stuff for like, yeah. And then we still lost the game, you know. I was vexed by it. But someone on the other team, um, this guy, he was friends with the head coach at Oregon State. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And so he, at, literally after the game, he, um, as he was walking out, stopped me, spoke to me, asked me like, where else from? I was like, oh, England, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm. Told him what I'd done before. And then he's like, he was like, oh yeah, I like your building stuff like that. And I, I have a friend that I think will be very interested in your set. And I said, okay. And so pretty much he um, invited me to come and watch the game against USC. So I've gone all the way down to um, the South Central to go watch this game now, like front seats. 
like right behind it, like right behind the bench, like wow. set me up like that, yeah. And I'm watching flipping Kevin Porter Jr. play against these guys, and they won the like Oregon State won the game. Like I was like, yo, this level's crazy. I'm literally watching the game like, ooh. And then um, I met the head coach like right after that game, even though other people are waiting to speak. Like so many people are waiting to speak to this guy, like it's ridiculous because this is his friend. And he played pro as well. Like they both played pro. Literally didn't have to wait too long. Met the guy, spoke to the guy, and just started getting recruited from that point on. And you know, this guy was he was vouching for me and stuff like that. And so he just kept with me. And I was like, for the first time, I seen, I felt like there was actual value in me in terms of how I could play and the level I could get to. Mm-hmm. And he just kept on speaking throughout. He was keeping on with me and stuff like that in terms of me playing, working out and stuff. And then. That actually let me, I wouldn't say like relax, I didn't get complacent, but it let me feel like, okay, you're doing the right thing. Like you're going in the right direction compared to where he was at when he was at Casper. And so I just felt a bit more free and I started to actually like enjoy the sport even more, which I didn't think I could actually do because I had extra motivation. I was like, you're worthwhile. pushing. So that's that. But then, and obviously, I was seeing a different side to life as well because of where I was working. And this guy was also teaching me stuff in terms of, can you imagine now I'm at work and I'm looking at these places costing like five mil. And then, and so the boss of the insurance company, like he, he's independent. Like he started this by himself, like a family thing. And so he's, yeah, like self-made. And I'm speak, he spoke to me like quite a lot. And we talked a lot and then, knowledge was just being passed through and then I just seen life differently I was like you're telling me I spend hours playing basketball doing this this and that and these guys are just out here stuff it like these guys get new cars all the time i put putting insurance calls on flipping CLAs and all of that stuff I'm like my lord uh, and I was just interested in that stuff I was like I that, I've been something I've been interested in since I was younger but I never actually looked into it because Basketball was the only thing on my mind, but now yeah, it was like, yeah. my mind was just expanding as time just went on. And with Coach Idris as well, I, I speak to him. He doesn't just talk to me about basketball. Like at Casper, they just speak basketball. Like they would just speak to you about basketball and that's it. If you're not talking about basketball, you might have a funny conversation here and there, but anything in terms of seriousness and like what's going on in the real world, you're not hearing much from him. But it, Coach Idris, there's not one day where he wouldn't talk to me about something that was completely different. Outside of... And that just really helped with my development as like a person. And it kind of helped in terms of the decisions I was making. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, and it was like, hard at the time because there was the recruitment stuff going on, mm. which was like, compared to me being cute with NAIAs and JUCOs, it was now an actual division one school. And so for me, it was like, oh bro, like you could still keep going. But then I said, then there's another side that you've been interested in that you've not just taken a look into and you did not see how it could go. And at the time I made the decision, I didn't know what was going to happen. I hadn't set up anything in terms of what I wanted to do when I got back to England. I told my mom, she was like, are you sure? I said, I'll fall back. And I was like, yeah. But the thing is, what I was going to do next wasn't concrete, but I knew what I wanted to do. But the actual everything, getting a, maybe getting a uni place, or none of that had been done. And I said, yeah, I don't want to play no more. And that was that. Was that. Wow. Yeah. So... What was the hardest thing about making that decision? Um, was you afraid of being judged by 
like your peers, you know, like your friends, and was you, you know, afraid of what your coaches might think, you know, those guys who've been training you and invested in you from the basketball standpoint, was you, you know, afraid of what they might think and say as well? Mm, um, at Pasadena? Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, I need a head coach who wouldn't be happy. Uh, that was, for a fact, I need a head coach who wouldn't be happy. And to be honest with you, I was, I was a little bit of um, the, uh, the B word. Okay. <laughs> I tried to, I tried to avoid him for a bit because I knew, like, like I respected the guy so much as well. And but I knew, like, what he can get, like, when I knew what the decision would be, like, he would not be happy about it. And I knew, and I just didn't want to kind of go through that conversation, but I had to. And but obviously, I let Code Idris know because him I can talk to, and he understood. He was like, it's tough. Like he's put a lot into like he put a lot into me. And he was the one person I was like, I definitely have to speak to because if nobody else, him. Because he's put the time he's put the effort. I'm like, I can't make it seem like I'm unappreciative, blah blah. I told him exactly what I was thinking and stuff like that. And he he understood and he was like, that's fair enough. Cause he's he speaks to my mum as well. Mm. So like he's got a very good communication base with like me and my mum. So it's one of those things. So I was like, I have to speak to him. And he understood it. He, like, even my mom wasn't sure when I told her, she goes to speak to this guy, like, is is he okay? Like, what's going on? What happened? Did anything happen? It's like, no, like, he's better than when he came here. So like, he reassured her, which made it easier for her to actually accept my decision and stuff. To mm-hmm. see that like, growing and stuff like that. But yeah, like, in terms of my teammates, they wouldn't get it. Like I told the point, like my point, like, he wasn't happy. Wouldn't be. This is Cody, man. He was taken aback. We was we, we was meant to go to like a um like one of our little weekend things, and I'm telling him during the week. Oh yeah, no. Um, so I'm going. I need that. Going. You know when they start saying and like the hell you yeah. talking about? Yeah, and I told him my reason and stuff like that. Damn. So you me. so did you leave school or did you just stop playing ball? So um, school had been, we'd done with school at this point. Like we'd done our lessons, summer training. We had okay. our, our summer, like we was doing our summer workouts, all the cardio, all that stuff. Like we was doing all of that. So this is when I told him, so there was actually no school to really worry about. I think I was taking, I was meant to be taking summer classes actually. So I had to decide whether I wanted to take those summer classes or go back because of like flight times. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, my flight was before the summer classes started. I was like, yeah, I'm just not, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm out. I still, I still worked out. I still worked out. I was still playing with them, still doing that. And then I think maybe the last week is when I wasn't, when I, it's when I told them. And then I didn't work out for that. Maybe I just worked, made like so-and-so brands before I went and then yeah, just left. And that was that. So, okay. Can you talk us about, you know, maybe the night before or the actual act of telling people, do you know what I mean? So can you like gearing yourself up? Like, you know, did you have a fake conversation with your mum before you actually called her? Or did you, you know, like, how did it actually go down? Like how, cause I would imagine, you know, to say, hey mum, you know, what we've sacrificed for, or me not being around for the last two years, you know, actually I'm making a, a, a 180 and now I'm coming home. like. Talk to me about that moment of when you're having to actually have these conversations. Think about telling her, yeah. Um, that one, 
I, I, I was overthinking a lot to be fair like I think I don't I don't give people around me enough credit in terms of how they react to stuff mm. but I was thinking a lot about I was like you know she might say nah like, you better stay your ass out there <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean like like no way <laughs> no way but um but it's not the first time that I've actually like so obviously when I was younger she's asked me do I want to play this sport do I want to play that sport and I've changed my mind maybe once or twice mm-hmm. so in my head I was thinking okay she might see this as um, be still being a child so I was like, I just have to have a solid reasoning. And so then it got to me thinking like, okay, I know my reasoning. It's just, is it believable to other people when I explain it to them? And it was. So I kind of worried a bit more than I should have. And she was like, are you like, are you sure? Cause this is something that I've seen you, like it's put me through a lot of pain. Yeah. I don't like, I've been up and down like in terms of mentally, physically and stuff like that. She's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, like, I'm actually at peace with the decision. Even though I was unsure in terms of what's going to happen going forwards, I knew I wanted to do, but just wasn't sure in terms of what's going to happen going forwards. It's just, I was at peace with the decision. Like I was confident enough in myself and in what I've learned that I can do something with myself for myself. Mm. And so she kind of took that on the first call like pretty well, to be fair. And then obviously she goes and tells my auntie, I'm here for my auntie. I'm like, yes, yes. Right. <laughs> you know, got to speak to the got to convince him and stuff like that. I'm like, yes. And the thing is, my auntie's cool as well. Like, I got to tell you out there. And I didn't let my hours and tell my mum. Like, but my auntie knew. She didn't tell my mum. At this point, she still didn't tell my mum. So for her to actually call me and be like, like, are you sure? Because I didn't tell, I didn't say it to her. So that's why she was like, okay. And like, because she knows I tell her quite a lot. So that was that one. So she was like, be sure and like, we'll be here, blah, blah, like here for you and everything like that. So like, all right, nah, it's cool. I'll see you guys soon, and, you know, flight lands. And so that was the case. And it went pretty smoothly, to be fair. It went pretty okay. smoothly. What was it like? What was the what was the uh, preparation for when you were telling your head coach? What was your, what was your like, kind of like, here we go, one, two, three. Okay, so my thing was just to catch him by himself. Because okay. basically, um, we've got like three or four assistant coaches. So you got Coach Idris, and then you got two other ones. So you got the head assistant coach, and you got like the like as analysts and stuff that we have there. Yeah, yeah, and then you got like the, the kind of like the coach that works on all the training and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got like four of them. So my thing is, I need and so basically, the assistant coach they're like they're both old heads, right? So if you catch them both together, you're you're getting flamed. You're like you're getting flames, like because anytime I have conversations with them, like it's funny because they're old heads, but like you get flames, like you better you better you better come prepared for that conversation. So my mm-hmm. thing was like, let me catch him by himself, like by himself. I I'm like, okay, I could I could deal with him a little bit better. If it's both of them and I say it to them when they're both there, I I might actually change my mind. Okay. It was one of those. So I call him by himself and then I just told him like, okay, what's the situation and stuff like that, and then he wasn't happy. Like he didn't, see, he didn't say nothing for like a good maybe thirty seconds. He just looked at me. And I said, "Okay, is this guy like is he still here?" And then, but yeah, like he still he he his he wasn't happy about it. I could tell, but he didn't want to say much about it. He was like, "That's fair enough. That's fair enough." Because the thing is, he was losing the second year players. Yeah, so the the second year players they was obviously gone to get their scholarships to go into like D two and D one, and so his main focus for the next year that like the players that he was gonna like base stuff around was going to be me the point guard we was with and then some other guy that we recruited from like 
So I was like another part of the city. And so now it's like, okay, his plans have been a little bit like railroaded. Like he wasn't expecting this at all. And so I was like, yeah. So, so you just messed up the man's plans, yeah? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's why I was like, oh, let me not speak to all of them when they're together. Because then it's like, right, well, because I can't lie to you, they were working on the offense here that was tailored to people like me and the guard. And it was so, I was getting so many looks. Like, we used to have plays at my school, right? Yeah. We call plays, but sometimes you may look for a particular person, but really you're trying to make it look like you're looking for that particular person to go get everybody else. Yeah. So everybody else will be free. Yeah. This wasn't that. Like, this was like actually looking for you to let you do what they know you can do. And then everything else after that is second nature. Like, rebounds, all that stuff, or all the second, like the looks. They know mm-hmm. their looks are there, but they making sure you can get those initial first looks so they can be confident in you. And they were when it came to me, the guard and some other guy. And so I can't lie to you, like that was actually hard for me to say, okay, no to, because that's the first time that they genuinely like, I've genuinely been looked at as an, an option for an offense and stuff. Yeah, primary option, yeah. And so I was like, all right, ooh. And no, this is what I'm saying, knowing this have made the decision like harder for me. Mm. And so, and obviously for him, like he's tailoring it to like two or three people. And then one of the people is now saying, oh, bye. So it's kind of like, I didn't want to make it seem like a slap in the face. That's the one thing I didn't want to make it seem like. So obviously once I explained it to him, he's seen like, okay, it's not, it's not that, but he's still just, put a lot of time into, you know, doing stuff mm-hmm. I got you, I got you. So, um, do you think, and it doesn't sound like it, but do you think um, there could have been anything done to keep you playing? Do you think that, you know, if something was a certain way, and I mean, if you're being the primary um, option in our offense and, you know, things are being tailored around you, I think that's pretty significant to turn down. So do you think there could have been anything that was done to kind of change your mind for you to continue playing ball? Uh, to change who I am as a person. That's about it. But apart from that, no. Because okay. like, you know, like, you know me, like, first of all, I'm stubborn. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest yeah. with that. Not the easiest people to get along with. Mm-hmm. All right. But then there's also the fact that I don't like being I don't know what it is. I don't like being in the same place for too long. I don't like being doing the same thing for too long. And then at a point I was thinking like, it's just the same stuff over and over again. You feel what I'm saying? So mm. not that I was, I wasn't bored, but I was like, yeah, you're challenging yourself in a new way, like mentally and physically, like in basketball, but you've been doing that since how old? Okay. So you and just then, think overall, you just kind of like, I don't want to say you got tired of it, but it was like same old, same old. Grow out of it. Just grow out of it. And then when I seen, obviously, the business side of like the world, I said, this is so like, it's so vast. Like, it's just so, like, so vast. Like, there's so much to do. Like, it would be impossible for me to come out number one, but actually not impossible, but it's going to be, it's going to be the same thing. Like, it's just, it's just a different level. And so to me, I wanted that challenge. I genuinely wanted that challenge. I wanted, something different. So I said, all right, let's, 
let's get this done and just it's paid off honestly nice so okay so again reflecting on your journey i guess to the stages and steps that you've been through um do you think that the sacrifices the hard work the you know playing through injury and all the rest of it leaving um england and all the rest of it do you think that was what now that you've stopped playing basketball do you think do you look back and think oh man i wasted my time or do you think it was a necessary part of your process necessary part of life okay i didn't yeah i have some regrets like i might have like one or two regrets but in terms of wasting my time no do you want to basketball has given me a lot yeah do you want to share any of those regrets? Obviously, you have the whole like, okay, in terms of like the injury stuff, like, yeah, maybe there's some things I should have not done. So like, maybe resting a bit more. Okay. Um, I had an issue with sleep, so I didn't actually get quite a lot. Of, I didn't get a lot of sleep. I couldn't sleep for more than four or five hours consecutively, which is still the same issue I have today. But now I don't have to. My body doesn't need to be out. Like, I'll still go gym and stuff, but my body doesn't need to be at a different kind of level compared to what it had to be to be ready to play a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or to practice or to work out. And, like, I'm putting all that stuff on top of each other. So that's one thing, like, in terms of taking care. Well, I'll never regret the food I eat. I'm all right, man. Right, yeah. But then it's just, uh, I think it was just that first initial decision to go Casper. Okay. Like, even though like it was a good learning experience for me, like I've seen people for what they were, mm-hmm. but um, I, I genuinely, that was a decision I regret in terms of like deciding to go there. Cause there was another school that was actually recruiting me that was, that was in California initially. And I got offered, it was a four, so four years. But uh, I- An AIA school, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I low key that, I feel that sometimes I think about it, I was like, I probably should have taken that one. So, and I, I wanted to ask you this at the start, but I guess, you know, now's a better time. Mm. What was what was your decision? So, I mean, so the whole process of the Euro stepping is to kind of help the IO of, you know, 2016, 2017. So mm. now, you know, what is the, what was the benefit of you choosing JUCO over NAIA or not the benefit, but why did you? Why did you think, ah, oh, I'm gonna to go to a junior college rather than go to a four-year school. So obviously my competitive nature and me, like I don't wanna keep myself in a box, something I never wanna do. Probably uh-huh. why I clashed heads with um, Neil Hopkins once in a while. Uh-huh. But which is, it's normal, it's normal. But uh-huh. like, I believe in myself quite a lot. So if somebody else doesn't, I don't really care because they're not me. So I don't like, your opinion doesn't really matter to me. Oh, yeah. That was my thing. So like Neil at the time was saying like he's he would lean towards me taking the NAIA, and I was like, well, would I be able to go and progress onto D one if I was to improve? He's like, no. So I said, well, that for me that was just like that made it say that made me say no immediately because even with even with Juco, I'd still have the opportunity to go move up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not stuck there. Like I'm not stuck at this place. Like. The whole point of it is to prepare myself to acclimate myself with the level over there and then improve and then go on to get a scholarship to a different school. So that's why I was like, okay, I'll decide to go there. 
that was that was my main thing. Not because oh, I fell in love with the players. Or I loved. The, I was like, it's it's for me. Like my progression. Like I'm not worrying about anybody else. I'm not worrying about all that other nonsense like that. Like I gotta think about myself in this situation. And so my thing is like. I've learned, so yeah, like if I went to the school, I would have been secure for four years, probably would have come back this year, I would have finished. But then for me, security is not the be all end all because security keeps you in the same place mm-hmm. without any level of elevation. You may have improved, but your position won't. Because like, oh, yeah. I, I would have improved at basketball, maybe at this, if I went to the NIA school, but then I'm not leaving. I'm not going to go to a better level. I'm going to just stay there and to me I was like hell no that's just not for me okay but then that was young you and now the older you thinks oh maybe I should I'd still be um, I'd still have that like that confidence thing about me but then in hindsight it's a funny thing so but yeah it's one of those I don't know now like I because for me I take I take I take quite a lot of risks to be honest and they've paid off for me so my thing is like, that's why I won't let security be a thing that guides my decision 100%. It might be like 10, 20. Maybe the order I get, I might be more focused on security than I am on new opportunities and growth and whatnot. But mm-hmm. for now, I'm 23 years old. I Security's not a thing. And that's, and that's, you know, not being funny. That's how it should be. When you're young, you kind of live life like kind of, I don't want to say wild, but it's like, you know, whatever how your spirit moves you um, and, and you never know the world is your oyster kind of thing you're invincible yeah. um, you know everything's very um, temporary so yeah when you're young that's how you live and then when you get older you're like man I've been doing XYZ for how many years I'm only this far and blah 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 wife kids whatever you know now you start thinking the, the grand in the grand scheme of my life what's my legacy rather yeah, than you know but yeah, you're twenty. You're twenty three. You don't have to worry about that. Don't worry. You got you got a couple of years. Yeah, I, I'm way more relaxed now than I used to be. Like before, I used to stress myself out on, over unnecessary stuff. Like now, mm. there's not a lot that could really stress me out because there's just no point. Like, what am I? What am I stressing for? Let's see another day. But that's look, you and me and me and Neil used to clash heads, man. Like, at f- you, first year, you was there to kind of keep it at a minimum. Mm-hmm. Because I'd have like an offset, he'd have an offset, I'd have an offset. Like, yeah, cool. You'd be like, I wonder how you, you get, yeah, literally, you get onto me. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, you yeah. made me see things like, okay, the way he's seen it. But because me and him didn't communicate in terms of that level where he'd be like, this is exactly what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And this is what exactly what I'm doing. Whereas, like, Neil, he'll test you and he'll try to see, he'll try to see how you do things. At the time, I used to fall for it. I was, I was young. But now when I look back on it, like, I, I, I get it, like I get it. But we used to clash heads, and basically, my thing and my thing was like, okay, I believe in myself to an extent. He probably doesn't, because obviously he see, might have seen a lot of players try go the same round, do what it doesn't really work for them. But my thing is in my head, I don't see myself in that kind of way. Yeah, my belief is my belief, and I'm going with it. And that's that's my main foundation as well. Me becoming the man I want to be, like I need that. So yeah, we used to clash heads, and I remember when I told when he found out I wasn't going back to Casper. And his reaction was more like, oh, like, what the hell are you doing? And at the time, I'm thinking, you just found out, like, first of all, do you know how much of the stuff I've dealt with through being here? Mm. I'm guessing not. 
And then like if it's Zion, he'll speak to Zion like, oh, how you doing? What's going on? Blah blah. Like, but if it's me, he'll he'll move different. So then that also made me not want to talk to him or even care for what he had to say. And so it kind of built like a little, uh, I wouldn't say like a lot of hatred, but like a like a serious dislike for a period of time, mm-hmm. for like a bit. And then I just let it go. Mm. Like I just let it go. Like there's just no point. Like if I was to see him now, I would be happy to speak to him. But if I was to see him back then, I wouldn't care for conversation. Because I remember I went back to my school that summer. Okay. Yeah, and then obviously he was the first. Our first encounter was a bit weird. We looked at each other like, I know you're here. Because <laughs> like the last conversation we had wasn't like it wasn't exactly the best one. Okay. But like, obviously he asked me like, what am I doing in terms of like the next school I'm going to? And I told him he was like, okay, yeah, all right, like, cool, like yeah. And I was that like, that yeah. is what it is. Man. Funny. Hey, to be honest, you're not the most easiest person to get hold of. You are. You've yeah. been, you know, um, in a cave, in a silo, hiding away. Because you know, I've tried to. I know when you guys were there, um, you know, and I'm 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 never been the, the stay in touch with everyone all the time kind of thing because I'm you know doing my own kind of trailblazing and trying to get my uh, way through. But I tried to get hold of you a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I know Zion. I, I know I know when you popped up on Instagram, I was like, this dude, like, where's been hiding? I'm like, damn. I didn't want to speak to no one. Like, I'll be honest, I literally, I genuinely just wanted to cut off anyone that I knew from basketball. Unless I was like close friends with them or anything, I didn't want, I didn't want anything to do with them. Not, not a lick. Crazy. No, I, I couldn't care less. I didn't want nothing to do with them because I was going in a different path. And then there was some, st- I, f- I feel like I still held some stuff inside of me in terms of like, discon- I would say discontentment, but discontent for some people. Mm-hmm. Or like the England basketball scene on the whole. So... Yeah. And so I was like, I'm not interested in what these lot are doing. I don't want to know. And to be fair, I was off social media for for a long time. I deleted my Instagram when I got out to the States in Pasadena. And it just allowed me to focus on what I wanted to do. I wasn't trying to hold no image. I wasn't thinking about, oh, who's doing this, who's doing that. I'm not looking at nobody's stats. I don't give a, I don't care. I was doing my own thing and life got better for me. So I literally learned from that. I was like, all right, cool. Let's keep it that way. So. They didn't keep, I ain't spoken to, um, I know Troy's tried to get in touch with me. I have nothing against Troy, but that was just kind of like my mindset at the time. So I might, I might respond and then I'll just stop responding. Mm. I still had Twitter at the time and stuff like that. So he messaged me on that. Michael, um, Mike Bernard, someone that- Big homie, shout out big homie. Like me and him like talk and everything like that when we was there, but I can, I know, I, I can, I feel like they might be sick of me because I just didn't speak to them. And to be fair, because of the way me and him got along, he might, he might, he might, I don't know if he did, but he might have taken that personally because he had said on a couple of occasions to Z, like, oh, how's Io doing? Get him to contact me, blah, blah, like, all that kind of stuff. Because Zion will tell me, like, Zion will tell me people are trying to get in touch with me. And I, at the time, I was like, no, get, no, no offense to nobody, but I don't care. Like, I, like I'm trying to do what I want to do, like, what I'm trying to do. So these lot are not part of my life at this moment in time. Maybe like later on when I've grown older, I'm like kind of seen some stuff like now, like hindsight, yeah, I probably will need to speak to these people and say like, oh, this is what's been going on, blah, blah. but they won't know this until they probably see this episode. Mm. But yeah. yeah, like I don't like talking to people if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> like you've, you've known this from like first year when you've met me, like yeah, 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 I, have yeah, a, I have a very, been, yeah. 
I have a very serious issue in terms of like trusting people, so I won't yeah. talk to them. So it's one of those like I'll keep to myself and I'll do what I need to do and then I'll do stuff in the background. And to other people, it's like, oh, I thought he was playing here. Oh, wait. Oh, he's modeling now. Oh, he's doing this now. Yeah, like life goes on. I progress. Like, and that's what I'm mainly focused on. I'm not trying to uphold an image for whatever. I'm trying to do things for me. And people are like, okay, well, like, that's my main focus. I'm not trying to have a pally conversation or whatever, or, like let people get into my business. And you know, I say, oh, I was doing this, by the way. Like, I hate that. Like, I genuinely just can't stand that. You know, it's funny. And you know, it's always so, I mean, I, the year you guys came in was kind of, you know, it was great. Um, and I kind of felt like it was weird because I was in a weird place personally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of wanted to stay on because I think like we all had like a great connection and great vibe and, you know, got on really well. So I, I kind of was gutted to leave. But at the same time, you know, I, like yourself, I always been like, hey, this is what my dreams and ambitions were. I'm going to keep going forward. But, you know, when we went to Estonia before this three on three thing took over the world, you know what I mean, we went to Estonia, and we did the three on three. And you know when you hit that shot the, on the uh, on the final, oh, the buzzer beater, yeah, the, the buzzer beater, and then you jumped over the the, the um, barrier yeah, and then had to catch up. Yeah. Like, oh god damn! Like, kind of heavy, kind of heavy. Like, yo, I was like, it caught me off guard because I didn't think he was gonna jump, and then like my knee went, and I was like, but I was like, these are my guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, it was it was it was real cool. So, um, yeah, and for me, not knowing what was going on and you went MIA, it was kind of like, wow, like what happened? But knowing you as well, it was like, this is just a part of who he is. Do you know what I mean? He's a little bit of, if we're cool, we're cool. But you know, right now I'm going to do my thing. And you know, I was quite glad when you popped up and um, called you a couple of times and and, I'm glad to, you know, finally have you on to speak your truths if if it were, you know, your stories. Um, okay, so we're gonna keep it light for a minute. Gonna some some quick fire questions, um, the trivial stuff. Um, what's the weather like? Um, and bearing in mind this this portion is again like you going to Casper and not knowing stuff, going to Pasadena not knowing stuff. So I think yeah. you are giving advice to yourself. Um, what's the weather like in um, in Casper and in Pasadena? And are there extremes? All right, Casper. I've never seen snow like that. Okay. Like it goes, it goes above your ankles. Like you're trudging along, like it's crazy. Like okay. it gets super cold. But then the summer, oh, the summer is very good though. I won't lie to you. But most of the year, you're gonna have to keep on that puffy jacket. Like we got one as part <laughs> of like our equipment. It was necessary. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you'll die. You will literally die of pneumonia. To like die. It's cold. If you don't wear that puffy jacket, you are done for. <laughs> you are done for. Like the snow, like think about how high it is as well. Like the hours yeah, you're gonna, yeah. like you're getting serious, getting the wind, you're getting the snow, all of that stuff. Like, and then it'll snow with the wind and then just, you can't avoid it. Like, yeah, like that's serious, but the summer's beautiful, man. Okay. And, and Pasadena. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, it's just sunny most of the time. Like, and now it might get a little bit like chilly during the first part of the year, but the rest of the year, oh, you gotta have the AC. Oh, really? But it's pretty good most of the time, yeah. But then they have um, hilly areas where it will snow like quite up there. If you go to like the mountains and stuff like that, so they'll have that. So it's quite 
pick your poison, honestly. Okay. Everyone chooses somebody, so it's really good, yeah. Uh, Must-see destinations in both places. Casper. <laughs> Yo, don't do Casper like that, man. <laughs> no, it's a nice place, but I, I don't know if anything's like must-see. Like, so you have to speak to like a local person. So you never went and you did like, you know, the team never went, oh, yo, let's go and check out this tourist attraction. The team or... went to um, maybe, maybe, maybe some parties. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. And yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to like stores and stuff like that. But must see, I, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Okay. Pasadena. Oh, my God. Uh. Just all the food places. Okay. So I went to so many food places, like it was so vast. Like, that's that's the next question. But is there no like, I don't know, like a beach or uh, like a a place? If if I told in you, Pasadena, I told no. you in Pasadena, no. In Pasadena, no, there are no beaches. But there are beaches. Obviously, you go to like I went to Venice Beach. I had someone take me to Venice Beach and all that, them kind of places. Uh huh. Drive down, but in Pasadena, no, nah, there's there's not from why I know there's there's nothing there. So, so both places you went to are dead. There's nothing interesting to see. Oh, Pasadena, I was active. Oh, okay. I can go out, like, yeah, like, because there's places to eat at, like, or you go out to somewhere real quick, something like that, or like a party. Yeah, like, it's good. Okay, all right. So the next question is, what, uh, what's the best place to get food? If I phone you and I'm like, yo, I'm going to Pasadena, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to play a game or whatever, but you know, I've got a hundred dollars in my pocket. Where am I going to get food? All right, so here's the thing. So obviously you got the commercial places. So uh, for me, where I lived, Chick-fil-A was around the corner. Uh, yeah, okay. And, I was, and I, was, I was there quite a bit, but then we had Wingstop, we had Panda Express, had um, Taco Bell, uh, Domino's, all that stuff. Like that's the basic stuff. But then you have all those, um, like self-made ones. So like um, there was a burger joint around like a little bit further from me and some Asian lady stuck, no, not Asian lady, what am I talking about? Some, yeah, the wife was the Asian one, but the guy was, I, f- I forgot who he was, but they started like this burger place. Mm. So they served kind of other stuff with it. And f- for the life of me, I can't remember the name, but it was, it was wonderful, man. And it wasn't exactly just burgers though. So you can kind of get like wraps and stuff like that, but it wasn't, the same as all the other places you know like they have their generic stuff uh-huh. they'll put their own little thing into it so then like say the recipe for the burger buns like the burger buns are different i didn't even get to the flipping the meat then, of course but like like the burger buns were like different and then obviously they had different like recipes for all their stuff and that options were just crazy so that place i like that place quite a lot do you have um, a name for that place this is what I'm trying to think. I've not been there for like a year and a bit. Like I, I forget about these things. But okay. But that. Oh, how do I say it? Mm, no. Okay, so a random burger yeah. joint. Okay, cool. Casper. Uh, like... Oh, I used to like Wendy's at Casper. Surprisingly, yeah. So the most generic, generic places. Yeah, no, I can't lie to you. I'm I'm not a high palate guy like that. Fam. Like, first of all, I don't believe in eating, eating healthy like that. It does make a difference okay. in my life. Uh-huh. I mean, it may be because of genes, but it's not made a difference in my life. I've enjoyed what I've enjoyed. Yo, your genes are crazy. I'd 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 
Yeah, kill for them jeans, boy. Uh, uh, Wendy's McDonald's and got like an eight pack just bulging. I'm like, Dude. yeah, like uh, I'm all right. Like I enjoy myself, so I'm trying to eat as unhealthy as possible for as long as possible. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, I guarantee you, you're gonna get to like your thirties, yeah. and that's it. Like your body's just gonna go, nope. Nah, do you okay. know what it is? I'm, keep, I'm keeping an eye out. I'm keeping an eye out. Like I still work out on that now, and I always try to see what the threshold is in terms of like how long I can go without working out and see how I feel and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah, but I still, I still keep like with it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not secretly over here hating you while you're telling me this. Not at all. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, best place to get new kicks. You have a lot of reselling places. Okay. So, yeah, I remember we had um like a like a little reselling store like in Pasadena, in the mm-hmm. city, like a little bit deeper in the city, and um it was really good, and it was good price. You you get good prices for them as well. I almost saw I almost sold them my shoes because it was like that. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there a name for that? I'm not big on buying shoes though. Is there is there a name for the resale place? I can't lie to you, my memory like that. No. Man, you just over here just trying to give advice and just, uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I can't lie to you, I'm not trying to tell people to go to these places. You're asking me questions, I'm just answering them. I already care if anyone goes to these places or not. It's not really my problem. I am not uh, not tour guide, not really interested. <laughs> I'm sure they'll figure it out somehow. So, yeah. I love it. <laughs> like, if they find a burger joint, they can let you know. I'm like, yeah, I think I found it. I'm like, well, good for you. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I ain't even give you the address. <laughs> oh, look at things like that. Um, what's the best American holiday? Wait, there's a place to go. No, best American holiday. So, when you was over here, did you what was Thanksgiving better than um, Christmas? Better than St. Patrick's Day? Ooh, better they than the Fourth of July. Okay. They love the 4th of July. Thanksgiving, they, they go out, but 4th of July, they, they go crazy. Yeah, 4th <laughs> of July, yeah. That's okay. the thing, yeah. I love it, okay, cool. Um, last one, did you get homesick and how did you deal with that? You know how conceited you gotta be to have your own like American holiday now? Oh, <laughs> out here trying to compete with Christmas. <laughs> 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 we're you can cut that. You can cut that. Yeah. yeah. Right. We got that. <laughs> anyway, uh, homesick? No. Okay. Nah. Cause um, you gotta remember, like I've been away from home since I was like 16, 17. Okay. So maybe the homesickness was when I first left when I was younger, but for this one, nah, it's just like another day to me, to be honest. Even though you the time difference kind of got on my nerves. Yeah. But apart from that, nah, I was okay. Um, getting on to the final uh, couple questions. Um, I appreciate, hey, I'm enjoying this. This is definitely um, fun as hell. Um, <laughs> but yeah, last, last, you know, uh, last bit. Um, what was your level of independence coming into college? Um, and what would you advise someone going to college? What do you think they should know how to do? My level of independence was pretty high. Obviously, um, single parent household, only child. My mom has a serious case of OCD, so I learned to do a lot of stuff properly. 
and I think she's mm-hmm. passed the OTD on to me. But so yeah, like my level of independence is pretty like it was solid when I went over. Mm-hmm. And so um, in terms of what they should prepare for to get out there, um, what should they know how to do? What should a, you know a, a, a freshman know how to do going to college? Depends on where you go. So like for me, like we had everything covered from food to all that other stuff. So if you want to do stuff outside of like school and stuff, then probably budgeting would be your best thing. That'll be that'll be like an important thing, like budgeting, kind of knowing what you really want to do in terms of stuff like that. But other stuff, um, I'd say set apart time to learn something different. That's that's yeah, because there's a lot going on, man. Like just being a one-trick pony is kind of. It's might it might work for some people with the right opportunities, but it's kind of played out. You give yourself more. It's the same thing. Like if you're a player that can do multiple things, you're more likely to be on the court. Mm. And if you're a person that knows multiple things or can do multiple things, then you're more likely to find an avenue in life that will work for you. I like that. I like that. Um, Yeah. yeah. Like just learn something. If it's an RR, you date. You be alright. I think I think that you know how how times are going now, how times are moving. Um, yeah, you've got just like your players actually. You know, as a coach, and I'm recruiting players who, you know, it's not just a, 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 a three point shooter. It's a three and D guy. It's a three and D guy that can, uh, you know, orchestrate an offense. It's a you know a big guy that can maybe play on the perimeter. So yeah, like most things in life, the more things you can adapt to or or know how to handle i suppose yeah that's the 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 big thing now yeah life life is selfish people want more of you as you go further along that's just pretty where it is like job roles now is like they want you to do more than what you're actually specified to do and it's the same with basketball like before the big man would be able to just like you know post up this thing you know now they're getting greedy they said oh you gotta start handling the ball now you gotta start doing this stuff because He's doing it. We want it. So that's how it is. Mm, very true, man. Very true. Yeah. Um, and you can tell you like you're getting older because yeah, in the work in the workplace, you know, you might be a bus driver, but they go like, hey, I need you to clean the depot. We need you to start, you know, doing dispatch. We oh. need you, you know, <laughs> they, yeah. Whenever you get, whenever you get a job, man, they they want uh, the world from you. Um, yeah, which is crazy. Um, that's the what's job. the biggest? What's the biggest adjustment to uh, American culture? Probably just how they talk. Okay. Like, obviously, it's kind of the same thing, like, say, Manchester, London, they have different terms, lingo, and all that stuff. Well, there, it's, like, different terms, lingo. And then, I I don't know about the culture thing, really. They're just all different. I think, for me, it's more so, they're they're not as reserved as um, British people. Okay. Like British people are very reserved, like kind of boring. I'll okay. be like, it's it's just being honest. Like, yeah, like in terms of basketball, I don't I don't know. Like, I think we're getting better in terms of that because now you got guys actually starting to play a little bit like guys in the states now. In terms of how they handle the ball, how they dribble, how they handle their social media, how they do all of that kind of stuff, they're starting to be more expressive now. Okay. Like that's just that's their natural saying. That's just how they go. Like they're more expressive, they're more open. Like 
for example, like talking to a girl in the States, if you you see a girl you like on the street, in England, I, on my life, I wouldn't even bother. I wouldn't even try. I'll just keep it walking. I'm like, oh yeah, she's nice. Keep it going. In America, like, in America, you can you can probably like stop and actually talk to them and they actually probably will be a conversation. Whereas here, people are just, I don't know, there's that kind of uh, attitude kind of thing. Mm. It's, it's a bit weird. I, hear I, know, you. I noticed that one. I noticed that one a lot. It's not mm. a big thing, but like it's it's something I know. It's kind of like we're reserved. They're more outwardly expressing stuff like that. So yeah. Okay. Um, which brings me on to um, a second to last question, which is how did you deal with distractions um, in the stateside? So how did you deal with? drugs, alcohol, and the opposite sex being a distraction from what you wanted to achieve? Well, I mean, I drink, but I'm not a big drinker, nerdy. Yeah, you kind of learn as you go where your threshold is for that stuff mm-hmm. and not to let it affect you. But um, yeah, no, like, it just, I feel it depends on you as a person, honestly. Because drugs, no. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm already interested. And then opposite sex, that's always going to be a thing. That's that's always going to be a thing. So it's more so like, don't get too caught up into spending your time with them. They'll always be there. Because if you spend more time with them, then you're not getting better at what you're supposed to be doing, and then they'll go. Like, they're just going to go. They're, they, ain't, they ain't for other people. Like, it is what it is. The, the next one's always going to come. So that's kind of how I, that was my thought process. So I focused on what I needed to. Didn't really pay attention to them. I might have been rude at some points in time, but didn't really care. I was doing what I needed to do. They didn't like it. They can go somewhere else. There's other guys there. Okay. Um... That's pretty much, that's just the attitude you got to take to it, to be honest, because like, if you're an aspire, like if you want to be a player, really, like, girls will always come. Like, there's no shortage. So focus on your thing, do your thing, and they'll still be there. If one doesn't like it, well, then another one will. So okay. it's just pretty that much simple. Like, it just depends on the person. Like, if he's, it could be a person that's not used to being around a lot of girls or getting a lot of girls or have girls being interested the way that they are now. And then he'd be like, oh, this is new for me. Let me let me try this out, taste it out. And then they start falling into a bit too much because they've not been through that before or they now start losing track. But then you've got another person that's a cool head. Like, I'll give you an example. Could be like a player I had now um, at Casper. He's called Damien. Like, he's used to like having girls. So then he won't be distracted by them because he'll still, I'll tell you, he'll work out a lot. But he'll still have okay. There'll, there'll be a girl there, so he he'd be fine. Like, but then there's another people that be like, oh, what's his name? I'm just gonna divulge in this, and you hardly see them because they want to mm-hmm. spend time with a girl or something like that. Like, I'll be honest, I might have blown like a training session or so off. Not no, not training session, but like a personal workout off. So like, all right, I'll spend time with a girl. But then I'm like, it's not really worth it because then now I'm not going better, but I got stress on my neck. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and, and that's and that's and that's pretty pretty mature to understand that. Hey, there's two types of people that you know, maybe someone that's accustomed to dealing with the interest, and you know those who aren't. Also, the other side of the coin is you know, 
understanding that there's a time and a place and you know if someone doesn't align with what you're trying to do then hey I guess it's not meant to be Mm. Um, so what about the I guess the peer pressure side of things how did you deal with that you know if if you was out um, and I don't know but let's say you were out I know you wouldn't be underage drinking you wasn't underage drinking obviously um, but you know, if you was uh, out and your friends are saying, "Hey, take this, drink that," you know, how did you deal with it? Uh, they can't. They can't bag me for really drinking now, can they? Uh, no, no. Ah, okay. All right. Cool. Well, let me talk to you. <laughs> <Edit it. laughs> Well, yeah, with the drinking stuff, like, yeah, like we sometimes guys will go, oh yeah, let's chat and see how how much you can handle, blah blah, or you go shot for shot stuff like that. But it wasn't anything too crazy where guys would challenge you to just do something ridiculous because we're kind of all in the same boat in terms of like we have stuff to do. Like we'll have yeah. fun at the time, but we'll never let that fun at the time like mess up everything else. Okay. So you know, you get them still little games. You might have to go shot for shot, do stuff like that, but nothing nothing crazy like that trust like it was okay so that as far as peer pressure goes that's that but i feel like that's in the spirit of everyone just having fun trying to see oh if you can handle more or oh he's on the floor already Oof, let's get him on video <laughs> we cast like stuff like that so that's yeah. literally what it was it was just like fun it was no like oh yeah if that's peer pressure then that's that's fantastic because that's the best peer pressure i've ever experienced in my life i'll be honest with you okay it didn't even feel like it was peer pressure it was just you having fun with people that you enjoyed your time with like that was really what it was so apart from that no like no one really tries to get you to do stuff that would just put you in jeopardy like that so it was never really you feel the need to say no but then if you do know yourself like okay maybe last time that we went shot for shot i ended up on the floor or i might have ended up a little bit you know in a undesirable situation then mm-hmm. next time you're like all right maybe not and then if that person's trying to put it on you to like oh yeah uh, stop being alone mm, to keep it going then maybe that's when you start that's when peer pressure comes in like all right no or you might fall into it again and then there you go in the undesirable position mm-hmm. like they you were last time but yeah so it's, it's one of those like okay. once you say no people people kind of accept it to be fair because when they're like when people say no not a lot of people say no you find it i i didn't even know that i thought I realized like quite a lot of people say yes to stuff just be, just because to just to get over with things. Hmm. And if you say no, like one time you say no, people just leave you like, oh, fair enough. Like, yeah. Okay. And is that, did you find that at both places? Did you find that at both at Casper and uh, Pasadena? Um, yeah, like if I just said no, it's no. Like it's pretty simple. But I probably had way more fun in terms of going out and stuff in Casper than I did in Pasadena. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that was because it was, first of all, it was like my first year and then fresh out of a relationship. Uh, so I could actually enjoy myself when I was the guys in that. So yeah. Uh, I would uh, I would not believe Wyoming was a better situation to be out than California. Do you know what it is? So like, I went it's cause I think it's the people that I was with. So like for example, if we would, if we would go out to like a party or something like that, like a house party, or whatever, because obviously we was on a basketball team, so people would always like come at us with like stuff to go to, and the thing is, all of us would roll out. 
it's not like oh a click of one these three will go for now and then these four go to itself. we would all go like everyone like we make sure we have enough cars to fit everyone in we might have some people squeezing in the back and shit and stuff like that and mm. we'd all just roll out and that's that's what was so fun because that's how we kind of like bonded as well because like all of us would literally go and it was just like it's, it was just too funny like it was just actually funny and then compared to like um pasadena it was just like me and the um the yeah and me and him would go to like, a couple things and then we met another person and then he would take because he worked security and so he'd let us into like a couple places because they have security for like clubs and stuff like that so clubbing out there is a bit mm. okay. at the time it wasn't really interesting to me and then i think i was not of age anyway to get in so i just didn't bother so that was that Fair so, and you, okay. and you, um, maybe you don't want to be in the wrong house. What advice would you give to new recruits looking to attend uh, college in America? I'd say you got to vet the area and the culture is kind of to the best of your ability, basically. You gotta know what you like in people. So in terms of what you've experienced with people before and what you kind of like with them and how you can kind of go forward with that. So for example, say if I was coached by Neil, I was coached by Pete. So I know what I like in coaches. Like I like both of them. Like I like some parts of Neil more than I like some parts of Pete. And then I like some parts of Pete more than I like some parts. So you have that kind of to work on. And you can make a decision in terms of your next coach there because it's very important that you do get along with your coach. And then the area is, is always a big thing as well. So you just got to see if it's, a, if it's a fit for you. But then it's also like, how much are you willing to adjust and adapt? Like how good are you at doing that? And that's really the main thing. And then just stick to the main thing. Like if you want to do something, do it and stick to it. Because like... <laughs> it takes out a majority of your day like you're going to be tired and you got to get over being tired that's just how it's going to be so uh, that'll probably be my main thing and then obviously take care of your bodies because not everyone's you know as not everyone's all blessed genetically man I, yeah you got to take care of yourself man always got to take care <laughs> um hey that was fantastic that was I mean I, I was really looking forward to having this talk but I mean I think this far succeeded my expectation so um, <laughs> I, yeah, I absolutely loved it I appreciate having you on um, I am so glad to hear that you have um, matured and finally found something that you're really interested in and, and passionate about and to know that you've gone out there and represented yourself and, and your family you know you, you, your mum um the way you have um it's been an honor to be a part of your journey sir um and definitely my, my line is always open um for when you want to talk or not talk or kind of talk you know, I, I, I ain't gonna go missing for years at this point in time now so, <laughs> i'm trying to set myself up the way i want to be so i'll be a little bit more you know conversating uh um approachable but yeah thank you for uh jumping on the show um and much appreciated that's no problem that's no problem hi my name is io thanks for tuning in to um you're stepping 
for this episode and hopefully you keep up with the rest of them as well. Appreciate you watching the Eurostepping. I want to thank everybody for watching Eurostepping. Watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping, a great podcast show hosted by Coach D.